holy shamoly, this is the Scum and Snake Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. What a week nine we just came off of. Yeah, definitely a doozy for sure. And it's not looking like it's going to get any better in week 10. It was a doozy in the NFL. Saw a lot of crazy upsets, you know, Jaguars beating the Bills. Yeah, can you imagine betting that game? Like, if you're better, like, that's got to be huge. Be so mad. Speaking of bets, the Monday night game with some fishy officiating calls and, and like, the Steelers getting willed to win, even though the Bears feels like they should have won. Like, fields on that last drive, like, I don't know. It was uh, – there's been a lot of discourse about, you know, that um, taunting call. Yeah. And just like what was going on. So, you know, you all heard it before, but it's pretty, pretty crazy to see stuff like that even being talked about, you know? Yeah. yeah. I like to see my boy Phil just get, I feel like he's just getting better and better every week. Sometimes sure. it doesn't look that pretty, but he's putting up the stats and that's all we care about in fantasy football. The, the thing with him too, is they finally like let him run and like, not even just like roll them out of the pocket, but just like kind of design like keeps that just yeah. opens everything up. Like the defense can't just sit back and make him be a passer. Cause you know, he's still a rookie. So has to figure that out. Yeah. And he can like, he can get the edge for like six or seven gainer, like every yeah. play if he wanted to. And that just is, yeah. If you don't, you got to start respecting that. Which then opens the passing game. We started to see that at least late in the game last night, having a couple deeper shots the Robinson got involved in some of the comments. So anyway. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Well, we talked about the crazy NFL week a bit, but crazy week in dynasty too. upsets everywhere. Close matchups. I don't know. I'm still a little shook personally after a, a tough loss. Yeah. I'm honestly not even the fact that you lost. I'm a little shook. I mean, I guess you could factor in you pretty much played your normal lineup except for maybe Rondale, but you only put up 117. I mean, you left, you didn't leave really any points on the bench, so I don't know what you do about that. (laughs) I got to just pray that Mahomes stops being a cover two shell of himself. That's the... Yeah, he's definitely not been good with like a 12 and 15 outing or whatever. But uh, Matt got the win against you, which technically, yeah, was an upset. Matt's been in that perennial middle of the road. Brendan, we did call the upset of the week to be Wade, and he hit that handily. Uh, Gooch with 76. Uh, Jimbo getting his second win of the, the year. Yikes. What happened? Gooch again. The both times he's played me and then with Jim, he's got, he's had, at least one of his main players go down with injury immediately. And then 15 Stafford, eight Aaron Jones, three Cortland Sutton doesn't play George Kittle for some reason. I don't know. So yeah, definitely a huge upset there. Uh, Earn loses against Ben, not necessarily an upset. They've been at the top uh, two point win there. And then we all know big T deserves to lose with the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, I was thinking like our la- our top three teams from last week in our ranks were myself, Eric, and Wade. They all lost. Uh, you mentioned that Eric lost to Ben, which, you know, isn't anything too surprising, but they both put up pretty low scores comparatively. Uh-huh. So just a, a down crazy week matching what happened in the NFL and 
and this is why we do this show to to recap to forecast ahead and just talk about all the fun crazy stuff that happens in this dang league yep that's all we can do week in and week out and that's why we bring it to you we're going to touch on it more but uh before we really get into the meat of the episode let's do the nonsense minute all right nonsense it up so sneak it's november we, we're doing thanksgiving prep you know, we like to keep our, our nonsense minutes kind of thematic most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to touch on this subject, too, a lot uh, as we get nearer to the holiday. But I was just going to give you a couple quick fire, keep trade cuts, Thanksgiving meal edition. Okay. So let's start. Let's just rapid fire. Like I said, keep trade cut as your main course. Turkey, ham. Or, I guess, beef, roast beef. <laughs> All right. We're going to uh, cut roast beef. Yeah. Trade ham and keep turkey. All right. Easy one. Um, let's do keep trade cut of your side dishes uh, for potatoes specifically. Keep trade cut mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, scalloped potatoes. We're going to cut bakes. We're going to trade scallops and we're going to keep mashers. All right. Keep trade cut desserts. Uh, Apple pie, pecan pie, pumpkin pie. Ugh, I hate pie. I'm cutting them all. Oh, I'll answer that. I will cut apple, trade pumpkin, keep pecan. Isn't pecan pie just a bunch of pecan nuts sitting on some pie crust? That does not sound good. But it's all mixed in corn syrup. <laughs> oh. Super good. <laughs> That's why you like it. And then lastly, we'll right. do a uh, like a fall drink edition. Okay. Keep okay. grade cut. Apple cider, hot chocolate, or let's just say coffee. I know your answer here, but. All right, well, we're going to cut coffee, we're going to trade apple cider, and we're going to keep hot chocolate. All right, that was our rapid fire. Keep trade cut, fall, Thanksgiving edition. And if you disagree with Shanique's answers or the, my one answer, <laughs> oh, we want to hear about it. Yeah, let us know. I'm sure you guys got plenty of opinions on this, and it'll be a good group chat uh, topic. Get ready, though, because, and this is, this is for you, Jim. I don't know if you've been listening. Lele, I hope so, but we're gonna we're gonna talk deviled eggs in the future. So be ready. <laughs> Get prepared. All right, Sneak. Well, we we ran down some of the the recap from last week. Let's give the people the updated rankings. And even after the turmoil, there's not a lot of movement because all the top teams lost. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we didn't really bump them down too much, uh, but. I think it sets up for what we've got coming up where there could be some real shakeups, but let's just start here as always from bottom to top at number 12, big sneak right where you want to be. Yep. Number 11, big T number 10, big Jimbo. We had a tie for the eight and nine spot between Gooch and Brendan. We had a three-way tie after that between Jesse, Doug, and Matt. So it really just speaks to what we've been saying for weeks about that middle group being so tight. And then number four, we have Wade. 
Number three, we have Eric. Number two, moving up a spot because he beat Eric is Ben. And I have a slim, slim, not strong grasp on that number one spot still, even though I just lost to the snowman. Those are good rankings. Uh, I guess you could say between T and I about that number one spot because we're both just limping through this year, but it doesn't really matter uh, down there at the bottom. With that three-way tie in the middle, uh, I like Hesse and Matt over Doug at this point. Just I feel like Doug's team is waning thin with the Henry injury. Um, looks like he might be losing uh, Claypool. So his team is just breaking down when it should, when, you know, when he needs it the most. Uh, and then at the, as the top tier guys, I would pick, I think we had this conversation last week, I, I forget, about who we would say would be, uh, you know, the big riser from that middle group and who we think at the top could be falling. And I think Wade is in line for that fall. Uh, just loses to Brendan this, this past week pretty handily, called it an upset. We have him, I think, ranked at number four. Uh, and then this week he's going up against Earn. So if he loses again, uh, we could see Wade, you know, depending on what happens with those middle guys, we could see Wade falling out of the playoff picture here coming up. And I think that is kind of what I'm seeing. Uh, I think when we talk about you scum being up at the top and we're talking about this potential three Pete, isn't that just kind of how it always is with someone who's kind of, you built, you built the dynasty, you won two years in a row, your team is still really good, but you're seeing the cracks and you're seeing it kind of break down. And if you were to get the three peat, it would just, it, at this point, it's not necessarily looking like it would be a miracle, but it would be very, very hard fought to get the three peat. Is that just kind of indicative on, on dynasties that at some point they either fall off quickly or you just see it and you're just kind of waiting for the fall off. Do you kind of feel like you're in that spot right now? Yeah. I mean, so we've been doing this league all together for, eight, nine years, I think, something like that. Maybe we're coming up on 10. I don't know. But we that is what you see. Like, you don't get three-year windows from a consistent set of players that are high level. Like, there's always an injury at some point. There's always, you know, a change of coaching or, or scenario where, you know, you're not getting that high-level production. I mean, like, we talk about a few years ago, just thinking about, like, where – Juju Smith-Schuster was in our like dynasty mindset as a receiver, right? He was young, coming off of like a top five or six season or something, right? And we're like, yeah, Juju is going to be great for years. And now, I don't know, would he be in the top twenty if we were to kind of pull everyone? I don't. No, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I think you did. Did you have him? And you, I mean, just to talk about that specific scenario, young guy seemingly on the top of the game and then he you trade him or he gets traded and now all of a sudden he's obsolete so I, I hear what you're saying where you like you feel like you've got this team and you've got the and I feel like I was in that position you know not to harp on my scenario too much but you know I had Zeke Dalvin and Mixon I had Lockett you know I had uh Dak I had Russell Wilson in the in the past I had Deshaun Watson I feel like I'm like okay I'm getting young guys that are playing really well really quickly but not putting it together. So you make the decision, do you hold and hope to go to get to that promised land or do you move on from it? And, and in your position specifically, and we could probably be having this conversation with Ernie's team, Gucci's team, Matt's team, Brendan's team here. And we've had these conversations with him before. It's like, 
if you're not putting it together with what you have, and then you're just a year older, a year into past an injury, a potential this and that, it's like, when do you make those calls and how do you deal with it? And you specifically to kind of go full circle, what we're talking about, you've pretty much held solid, like on where you're at besides the big Mahomes trade last year. Uh, but I feel like we're kind of seeing that position you're in now and, and you've, you know, been having a lot of trade conversations, I'm sure out there with the league, what do you do? And, and right now you, ha- I think you have to just hold on for that three peat, but it might be detrimental for your future. And I think the whole league in those in talking in those terms really has to think about it. And we'll be, you know, we'll see as this, we're getting towards the last half of this year, going into week 10, only like four or five more weeks. And then we're in playoffs. The teams that don't make it, depending on what their teams look like, they might have to be in that same position to make those calls, right? Maybe earlier than they wanted to. I don't know. Maybe I'm ranting now. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's just that what I think we see now too is it's hard with what we've all done over the past couple of years and how the next few drafts are set up where you and Wade, I think it is hold the majority of the first and second rounders in 2022 and 2023, right? Uh, you each have multiple in that round. Yeah. You're not giving them up for a win now player. So as much as we would want to try and sell someone like try and build for the future, who, who is that buyer going to be, you know, that's where we're kind of sitting. So that's why you see teams like me and uh, I won't speak for anyone else, but like, it's hard to start a rebuild when you kind of kickstarted that already during the off season. And now you're the, the holder of those cards and you're not trying to win at least for the next year, you know, maybe you have, you kill your draft in 2022 and maybe you'll look to sell some 2023, but yeah, you know, it's, they're all kind of locked up right now is the, is the hard part. And it doesn't really necessarily have to be full rebuilds when we talk about, you know, taking a hard look at your team and not making it doesn't have to be like, okay, sell the whole farm and just load up on picks. Like you have done it. I feel like Matt has done it even to the extent of like Hesse and and some of these other players where they've, they've looked at certain like Gooch, you know, with the Saquon and Aaron Jones trade last year, it's like, what can I do to get those one or two, three pieces that I feel like I need. And, and so that there's, there's levels and tiers to it all. And it's just fun to talk about and see what's going on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it is super fun. And even someone like, uh, let's, let's talk about Doug, who we have historically said, doesn't do a lot in the league, right? He just kind of floats by. Well, he's liking his chances this year and he was looking really good with Derrick Henry. Uh, he won't have Derrick Henry likely the rest of the season maybe he can get him back in the fantasy playoffs but he still wants to make a push and compete so like this opportunity creates someone who is willing to move he's been you know putting out feelers for moves that he probably wouldn't have in the past so that's that's interesting to see and then like we talked about all year kind of seeing ben and wade in the mix now as they haven't been in the past couple years it's it's fun it's good for them wish they'd be a little more active in trades Uh, i guess they've both done some good stuff but you know we don't hear about them or see them making as many moves as like an eric or a chase you know yeah for sure and then just to kind of wrap this conversation part up though this year alone you know really i feel like you just mentioned it has been a lot more uh, consistent and a lot more parity in the league 
right now, according to the sleeper sleeper standing, which is where we really have to go off of, is we've got Hesse, Doug, Eric, Ben, Wade, and you in the playoffs. And we historically haven't seen Ben, Wade, Doug. So this year, you know, really we were like, who's going to be stepping up? Who's going to take it over? Who's going to replace, you know, my team or, or whatever in the playoffs from last year? Uh, Brendan's team, uh, you know, Brendan falling out, currently being down there at the bottom. So it's, yeah, it's been good. It's been a, kind of like a refresher uh, and maybe allow some of these other not as active members of the league to see what it's like to win and be in the playoffs and be in the hunt and be good week in and week out. And so maybe then it'll just continue this league to be, uh, you know, more, more involved and in, in the future. You mentioned Brendan. So I think this is a nice time to, to wrap up uh, talking about him, but we spent what a couple of weeks ago, just harping on his, his last season. Uh, he's coming off of a win. He's got some players back healthy for the moment. And he's only two games back from Jesse for that sixth spot. Can we revive his chances and say he can make a run at this thing? I definitely think he can. Uh, just by the team alone that he can trot out there week in and week out. And he, it has the potential to be a 200 point team, but it also does have the potential to, to, to dud out depending on what that roster looks like. So, yeah, you know, I don't really think this out of the realm possibility that Brendan can make a move. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm talking about with like the likes of like a Wade with the loss and, you know, depending on what happens this week, next week, like he could be, he could be falling. Uh, so I think the playoff picture is still a little bit murky, but uh, <laughs> man, we're getting like real analytical over here. We're like a freaking real talker, man. We're just, we just speak on things. We just freaking speaking, dude. We got words for people. Are you guys even listening? <laughs> Yeah, like, are we? Who are we even talking to right now? Just the the void, bro. <laughs> We're talking to hi Eric, hi Chase, hi Matt. Hi guys, hello. They're consistent. Maybe a Brendan and a Jim. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> really it. We're just basically talking to the people we talk to all all day, every day. Anyway, uh, what, what do we move? What's next? What are we What are we doing here? <laughs> all right. Well, so we'll wrap that up. We'll tease that. We got a big week of matchups that's really going to affect what we've just been talking about as far as playoff seeding and uh, future down the line for the league. But first, let's hear a word from our sweetest sponsor. Ooh, it's Sneak Sweets. That's right, my friends and family. Sneak Inc. with a new Sneak Sweets recipe. Now, I'm going to hit you with a little bit of a... Uh, a curveball, if you will, but it's a sweet treat that you can have anytime, anywhere, no matter what you're doing. And we, we all love chocolate milk. Don't get me wrong. It's, it is the, the drink of the gods, right? You can make it yourself. You can pick one up at the store, but do not be afraid to spice it up a little bit with a dollop of Cool Whip on top. Milk, chocolate sauce, mix it up, cool it on top. It goes with your breakfast. It goes with a midday snack or a night, a nice dessert in the evening when you're watching that Sunday or Monday night game. Sneak sweets, chocolate milk with Cool Whip. Book it. Sneak sweets. 
And we're back. Thank you, as always, to Schneek Sweets for a delicious recommendation. Schneek, as the CEO and founder of not only Schneek Sweets, but Schneek Inc., uh, what are your thoughts on a, a vegan alternative for chocolate milk for our lactose challenge friends? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have, I have no idea. I will have to, well, sneak ink. We'll have to look into it. <laughs> I guess my question is what, do you have any opinion on alternative milks, soy, almond, oat? My opinion is gross. All right, then <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer oat milk for, uh, for anyone else that cares. <laughs> <laughs> oat milk, huh? Yeah, it's like the creamiest of the substitutes, I feel like. It's got a full body. Full body milk? Yep, that's what you want, right? That's what you want, nice and thick. We all know chub. We don't mess with skim milk. No, that's like water. All right, enough, enough milk talk. All right, yeah. Let's get into the matchups. And let's talk first. Uh, two teams coming off of upset losses. Myself, the number one ranked Nevada Highway Patrol versus our number, well, tied for their 8-9 spot is formerly High Speed Chase, now Flat Tire. Me versus Gooch. Yeah, the big, big time Flat Tire Gooch, we, like we said, only put up 70-something points. You with the loss only put up 117. It is just it week in and week out is so hard for me to choose you to lose because your history and you know just the way that you eke out wins regard you know except for last week. But I'm gonna pick you to still win this week. Current projections show that they're tight, they're close. Uh, but I think it's gonna come down to Really, it's probably going to come down to the quarterback matchup. I assume Gooch is going to still play Stafford. Don't think he's going to get wild and play Wentz, even though Wentz has a nice matchup against Jacksonville. Uh, but you got to hope Sunday night, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders and Chiefs games are usually pretty good. Mahomes had, has always played really well against them. Uh, Kamara against Tennessee and Eckler against Minnesota should be really good, but also – if Gooch has is going to be playing both Packers running backs, that's good there uh, against Seattle, even though, you know, he's hoping for a score on Dylan. I don't necessarily – I don't like the Julio in the lineup still, but what can you do? What can I do? <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally, what can you do? That's a question we're asking to everybody. What, what can be done? Please help uh, me. But, yeah, for me, it comes down to the quarterback matchup. I think everywhere else is – Fairly even, so but you get the win in a narrow one. Yeah, I think it'll be close. I think it's pretty astute on your end saying that it comes down to the quarterback matchup because at least for the most of the season, we would say Mahomes and Stafford are two of the top uh, fantasy quarterbacks, right? Last yeah. week, neither of them was that great. Mahomes is kind of on a, a chain of stinkers. So, yeah, if he falls on his face again on Sunday night, then, you know, I'm probably going to lose if he's at least decent again. And my other guys can have good games. And, you know, I I do like my chances. Um, The matchup is made easier for me because Chase Edmonds is hurt for Chase's team. Mm -hmm. You know, don't want to see someone injured, but again, it helps my matchup. 
I guess we'll point out a fun tight end matchup. I have Travis Kelsey. He has George Kittle. Two of the top names in the league haven't been the top producers this season so far. They are two of the founders of tight end university. That's fun. Very fun. And I mean, I don't know, like we see that on both sides. We're both pretty reliant on like single teams for our output. I have, I have a lot of investment into the chiefs with Mahomes, Kelsey and Daryl Williams. He's obviously invested into the Niners, not only with his fandom, but <laughs> Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Is he going to sit Debo Samuel? Maybe. It seems like he might, but, you know, we've got a lot of writing in just a couple games, and we're just going to see how it shakes out. Do you think that – I don't know. Do you like uh, – you touched on it, but is it a good idea to start two running backs from the same – Uh, backfield it's something that i would be terrified to do even on a high scoring offense or a really good matchup Uh, we've uh we've seen in the past with receivers more so uh but i yeah it's that's a tough i mean if you're up against and you got to do what you got to do if you could find i guess worse backfields than the packers but yeah that's a hard one that's hard one to convince yourself that is gonna work well, hopefully it doesn't work for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we'll give me a, a slight edge and, and just pray for the best. Moving on to another big-time matchup, and this one is going to have a lot of playoff implications. It's Brandon. Dude, the, Oh, gosh. The Magic Mike Gesician. How'd I do there? Yeah, what a name. Versus Jesse Diamond in the Rough. That's that's classic. That's a that's a great that's a great name right there. So good on you, Hesse, for pulling that one out. That's hilarious. Uh, but matchup wise, he's, he hasn't filled his roster out between his two buys that he's got in there now. But I don't have all the con- he's going to throw Mike Evans in there, which would be good, and probably Antonio Brown. Try to well, it's, I, I don't know who he's going to put in in that running back spot. He's hoping that. Nick Chubb is out due to COVID this week, so he can play Dearness Johnson. And that really swings things, you know, not just for him, but it takes away Chubb as an option for Brandon. So right. a lot hinges on on that outcome. Maybe Jesse can, if he doesn't have Antonio Brown, if he doesn't have um, Dearness Johnson as an option, maybe he can chase the Olamide Zacchaeus blow up game from last week. Mm-hmm. See if he is kind of the the new proxy for Calvin Ridley, even though Calvin Ridley hasn't had a multi-touchdown game this year, but geez, what the heck? He had two, t- I didn't even two touchdowns, 50 yards. Ugh, Crazy. Yeah. But I mean, Jesse's team will go as far as the Ravens go on Thursday night. That's how it always is. If, if Lamar Jackson has a quarterback one and running back one week, as he did last week. And if those touchdowns go to Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, Jesse's going to put up a big score and, you know, give Brandon a run for his money. That's, that's what it's going to come down to. That's really what it's going to come down to. And I, that's, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out a way for Hesse to make this interesting. And that's going to be the only way, but Thursday night traps after the overtime game that the Ravens just went to with Minnesota on Sunday, it could be a dud. And if it is, and Brandon is going to, 
uh, win very, very handily. And I do already was going to pick Brendan to win. I think this is a rising from the ashes coming down from the bottom of the, the depths of the sea. Currently at three and six. Uh, he's making his push to the commish. Uh, he's going all out to try to make the win. And when you just look down the lineup, it's just, it's, it's a very formidable uh, Russell Wilson, McCaffrey, Chubb, Devontae, Diggs. Like it's, there's just so many, so much firepower there. I expect a huge game from Gesicki on Thursday. Pittman's been doing crazy. Swift probably doesn't have the best game against Chicago, uh, but yeah. It's going to come down to that Ravens game. I don't expect the Ravens to have a blow up, you know, 40 from Lamar, 25 from Andrews. 20, like, that's what he's going to need, and I don't see it happening on Thursday. Uh, but I also, what do I know? I'm dumb. So, but yeah, I mean, with Brandon's team back to full health with Russell Wilson and Christian McCaffrey specifically, that looks good. And I mean, could he potentially run the table, get into the playoffs? Yeah, he definitely could. Um, and this this week will be his first step because then he knocks Jesse down to five and five. Brandon would be four and six, so only a game back, and just hunting down another person for that last playoff spot. So a big time matchup here with a lot of importance for for the postseason. Excited yeah. to watch that one. Yeah, extreme another very important matchup, and that's just indicative of week ten. I kind of like it. It's week ten. We're what four five weeks from playoffs. Uh, and this is a huge week for basically the whole league minus our bottom, us bottom guys. <laughs> no, definitely a huge week for the whole league. So let's, let's keep talking about that because our next matchup is LaVisca, LaVusca. LaVusca. Versus team Wade Yeely, Eric six and three, Wade seven and two. So this doesn't, I don't think either of these teams, well, maybe Wade, like we talked, will fall out of the playoffs, but this is really important for seeding because we know those buys are really important. We've seen that happen. You get into that matchup with the five or six seed and they have a blow up week and you're donezo. <sighs> so true. Let's see. I would, ex- I would have expected Ernie's team to be a little bit better than six and three at this point. He would have been if he would have got his win, but he lost by two last week. Uh, Najee's been great. I continue. I see him continuing to be great. Uh, Elliot against Atlanta is barring any, you know, setbacks this week with his injury should have a great, I think Ernie's got a lot of good matchups this week. Uh, and Wade, like I said, uh, I feel like he's my faller, uh, from the top right now. You gotta, you gotta hope that Josh Allen has a crazy get right, get back game against the Jets this week, but I don't, like really what I see out of the rest of the, the team to be able to make a push for that win. But it should be close. Like we're saying, there, there's, you know, Wade could could get the win. I'm calling for him to get the loss, and I'm kind of calling that Wade's team uh, starts to tumble and someone else takes over that playoff spot from him. Uh, if I had to say it comes down to uh, position-wise, probably going to be receivers, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, basically six of the top. 30 receivers in the league right now. So yeah, that's going to be a fun matchup to see. Uh, maybe, I guess you, it could come down to the tight end. We've got Pitts and Schultz currently projected for the same amount of points, you know, playing each other. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm seeing it, right? Gosh, dang, it might even come down to the, uh, the flex spot. Dalvin's not having himself the greatest of years. He's outside the top like 15 running backs right now. 
uh, had a better game this last week, but and and Elijah Mitchell's been a surprise uh, with some very good games. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup. I'm still calling for Earn to get the win because of my proclamation of Wade falling. I, I don't know. What do you think? I think that I do like Eric in this matchup as well. Dalvin gets the Chargers this week, so should be a blow up game for him. I don't like to say that for for my team, but yeah, just running backs like we talked about last week score points on the chargers that's that's just how it is and what i think wade just needs to make his hay is in that quarterback matchup with josh allen versus jimmy garoppolo uh, garoppolo has been pretty good for fantasy the past two weeks yeah he's got a tough matchup against the rams on monday night uh, i wouldn't be surprised if we see some like trey lance packages just trying to see if like his rushing threat slows down some of the rams pass rush so you know i, I don't expect big things out of jimmy g and then if Josh Allen bounces back, which he should against the Jets, then you know Wade will have a better chance. But like we said, I still think Eric takes this matchup. What if Josh Allen doesn't bounce back, has another like super disappointing performance against the Jets? Like, are people going to freak out or are they just going to say this is a weird stretch, kind of like Mahomes is in a weird stretch? I mean, I guess you would lean more towards it's a weird stretch, but I think we will start to hear whispers of like, Last season was more of an outlier than indicative of things to come for Josh Allen. If that's the case, if he throws up another dud against the Jets defense. But I expect him to be fine. Like I, I would think it's more towards just like I just think it, yeah, I think it would I think what it is is every now and then great players just have a weird game and that's just life in the NFL. And but it's everyone always kind of either will freak out about it or just like, ah, nothing. But I think even so, like with Mahomes is like, do are is it, are we freaking out about Mahomes or is it just, okay. He's just a normal quarterback. Now he's the kind of magic has worn off. I don't know how to see it. Right. We stuff. always got to bring it back to scum. I, I know people. <laughs> I'm annoyed too, but now with Mahomes, like I read a lot about it this week because I'm panicking, but the defense is that, teams are playing against the chiefs are um, just like take away any deep shot, make it basically dink and dunk. And now we're taking like 10 passes to get into the red zone versus like three, you know, more chances for mistakes and, and misses. So that's part of it. And then the, the way to, to get defenses out of that is to run the ball down their throats, right? If, if you're going to put out more corners, then we're going to run and try to beat you up that way. But the Chiefs are not able to do that because of their line and because Daryl Williams, you know, uh, I don't think Clyde would be helping with that either. So just the fact of like teams have kind of adjusted to what they're doing and Mahomes is making more mistakes. The, the team as a whole is making more mistakes, like not just him throwing picks, but like a couple of weeks ago, Kelsey fumbled, which is pretty uncharacteristic. Like they're just turning the ball over, not getting any momentum and, defenses are keeping everything in front of them. So that offense is just looking less, you know, high powered and you've seen it impact like Tyreek and just, yeah, everything is kind of forced forward until they can get defenses to get out of that. So that's, that's what it seems like, you know, I'm not, it's coach and I'm not super X's and O's, but that kind of makes sense from what we've seen and what I've read. And you're not happy about it, right? Not happy one stinking bit. <laughs> oh. 
She's not happy either. Jacqueline's not happy either, but he'll bounce back. I also have a theory. I don't, I don't know if I've said it on the pod, but he had a baby this year. So he's got kind of a newborn and yeah. uh, no one works peak performance when they got a new baby. Trust me. That's the, that's the, that's the reason for it, huh? That's my, that's my theory. Oh, so I next year I'll have like a one-year-old be much better. Be back to the old Pat Mahomes. That's my theory. Oh, dude, I just saw this crazy stat. Jordan Howard through two games has had more rushing attempts or, or attempts overall than Miles Sanders had his first seven games of the year. No way. What a freaking stat. That, that is just – that's why I've been harping on Miles Sanders and that whole e- – Eagles running back situation is like what the Patriots running back situation was of old and still is. You just don't know what's going on there anymore, and you really can't trust any of it. Good segue. Let's talk about Ben's matchup with Doug. Uh, <laughs> I knew – I threw that one out. I knew you were going to segue to Ben. I was like, he's got to do it this one. <laughs> that's freaking great. A 7-2 team versus a 6-3 and three team. Uh, ben eked out the win even after my bad advice last week. Sorry, Ben, when he subbed out Devontae Smith for Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. Now, back to your Jordan Howard point, the the thing about the Chargers giving up a lot of points to running backs, that bore out. It just happened to not be Boston Scott. <laughs> it was Jordan Howard that got the majority of the carries. And even late, like Kenneth Gainwell came in for a surprise goal line carry at a touchdown. But, um, yeah, let's talk about – how as soon as Miles Sanders went down, that's when they decided to just be a run-heavy team. Kind of uh, at the very, in the best-case scenario for Miles Sanders, it's a weird timing thing. Worst case, they didn't trust him with that kind of workload. Yeah, and when I'm and kind of what we talked about at the very when we first popped on here, I don't know if you were recording and, and everyone heard us talking about how we felt like this year – of running backs and players, it's just been a little bit weirder, maybe. Uh, Anyway, I don't know. Moving on to the matchup, Uh, Ben currently still has some of his players on bye that are in there, so that lineup will get changed around. I was, I was, I've never been more wrong on a dope call than Jonathan Taylor last week, where he was like the number two overall running back with 40 points. There was two running, two, there was at least two running backs this week. They got like 39 fantasy points, like Oh, my gosh. But he'll take Lawrence out there, get Brady back in the lineup, probably going to throw for, like, six touchdowns against Washington. Uh, ben, uh, you know, just to get to the, the deciding uh, call here, Ben is going to get the win, goes to eight and two. Ben is just having himself a year, and I think we're all proud of him. Uh, he's been extremely involved and happy. And like I mentioned earlier, Doug without Henry, Doug without probably without Claypool maybe. It just it, Doug just doesn't have the firepower in there. I think he needs to do something about for the quarterback. Oh, Ben Rosberg serviceable with 20, like that's fine. Uh, but Ben's team is far and away superior, as we see from the rankings and then we see from the player uh, that players he gets a pull from. And I'm just kind of looking at down in some of the bench spots, not saying that there are any players to really call home about, but Ben's got a nice, uh, nice depth in all the positions that he can regularly you know kind of choose from i didn't i don't think he played devonta smith this week who had a great game so he plugged him in there uh he's always got the cole beasley effect where he can get a bunch of catches for small yards and still get the ppr points Hines had himself a great 
game last week. He's not going to play two Colts running backs, but I feel like Ben's got a nice uh, set of depth. Uh, Doug, on the other hand, not. So all in all, Ben gets the win. Good on you. Uh, happy to see it. Doug, uh, Doug's on a four-game heater, though, which is it's kind of surprising still. Uh, so maybe this matchup will be closer than I'm anticipating. And if it is, then that's what we want to see, and we're happy for it. But Benjamin with the dub. I would lean Ben, too, but uh, he, uh, he doesn't have – or he's not without question marks either. He's got Zach Moss in his starting lineup currently, and he's in concussion protocol. So I guess he just plugs in Singletary, if that's the case, but still not big confidence there in the Bills running backs. And then uh, DJ Moore, is he ever going to bounce back? Uh, no. He's not going to bounce back. He's uh, – yeah, Darnold started out so great. Everyone's saying, like, it's the Jets effect. He's finally going to – and he was doing real good, but a lot of that was from rushing touchdowns, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. So the passing game uh, has not – has not been there. So it's hard to trust the DJ more, but it's also hard to take him out of the lineup because name recognition and, and number one option on a team and the whole shebang. So take a slant for 70 yards at any time. That's the thing. Like it's yeah. just, and Donald hit him on that slant. Uh, lately it seemed like no, but you know, if, if Doug puts in Fournette and Fournette has a big game and Henderson has a big game, you know, things can get interesting, but I do lean Ben as well. Where are we here? Should we go to, I guess we go, we did that. that let's go to the Brendan and T Matt or no, not Brendan. He, his name is Brandon Nelson. Who's that? Let's go to, yeah. Matt versus Tyler is our matchup. Who's Brandon Nelson? No idea. <laughs> Chase is delivered. Brandon Nelson against Big T Nashville, USA. What do you got to say about this matchup, Scum? I've got to say that uh, of the matchups this week, this is the only easy one to call. And therefore, it is the blowout of the week. Scum and Sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. Blowout of the week. Matt is going to blow out Tyler. T is going to lose. He's going to lose really badly. Blowout of the week. <laughs> Freaking T, man. You're not even listening. You don't even care. Your team is not good. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. I'm going to probably say, I'm going to say you're going to lose by at least 40. Doesn't matter really the matchups. Doesn't matter really what's going on, going on. Uh, Matt Seam is just superior. He's got some question marks at the running back, who to play, when to play, how to play him. Uh, he, and it's, it, now it's appearing like he's got some questions with receiver, who to play, how to play, when to play. Uh, I don't know what Matt's lineup's going to look like when it comes to, you know, to starting on Thursday and Sunday, but it doesn't matter. T's one and eight. He barely scores like 80, 90 points a week, just like me. Uh, and this is going to be an easy win for, for Matt. Uh, the South Dakota Buffalo stampedes all over Nashville, USA, uh, to, take the, to take the win. Blow out. Yeah, easy call. I mean, 
Tyler will put DK back in the lineup, which will help. Uh, Odell probably doesn't play this week, even after signing with someone eventually. So just going to be the Matt show, I think. Matt show. Why don't you, why don't you tee off your important matchup against Jim because you guys are fighting for that bottom spot. We are fighting for that bottom spot. Uh, it's going to be the, the battle of the bottom dwellers. Uh, Jimbo's Roadkill, Sneak Inc. Uh, I probably it's going to be the same thing when T and I played first to 100 wins. Uh, you know, it's in the way the way it's shaping up. Jimbo's gonna Jimbo's gonna beat me. He's gonna he's gonna go to three and seven. I'm gonna stay down there one and nine. But if I get a big game out of Dak, if I get Noah, maybe a garbage time, if you will, out of Gio Bernard against Washington. Hunter Henry's been scoring touchdowns. Renfro's been scoring touchdowns. Uh, the Rams on Monday night against the Niners should have a better defensive outing. So I guess it could be – it's going to be closer as far as bad teams go. I, of course, you know, would not mind getting the loss, so I'm going to say that I lose. <laughs> I think Jimbo wants to lose as well. But, unfortunately, he's, he's going to win. Unless, let's see here. Tajay Sharp, yikes. Robbie Anderson been horrible. Drake somehow had himself a good game last week, 15, 19 the week before, before the bye. Steelers are always a good good defense, and they're playing Detroit, so he's probably going to get like 40 out of them. So, yeah, I still say that uh, Jimbo wins. And as always, I agree with everything you said about your matchup against Jim. Just spot on analysis. As I knew you would. <laughs> All right. Well, astute listeners to the Scrub and Sneak Show would notice that we did not declare an upset of the week. That's because everybody except Matt is on upset watch this week. Scrub and Sneak upset of the week. Scrub and Sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Everyone is going to is could potentially be upset this week as we've been talking all episode. Week ten is a doozy of a week, and y'all are on notice. So be afraid, just like I am, everybody. I'm going to go first on hopes and dopes this week. What am I going to start with? I'm going to start with. So last week, my hopes and dopes. Yes, they were the worst calls I think I've ever made with hopes and dopes, tricks and treats, and uh, presents and coal, whatever we do for in December. Uh, so this week, and this kind of, I, I, again, we haven't talked about, we have, you know, we try to be fair and honest and just to everybody out there, but my hope this week is Patrick Mahomes. That's right. I was trying to tease it a little bit when I was talking about how bad he's been, uh, the last two weeks, you know, with, the last three weeks, 9, 16, 12, those are not Patrick Mahomes' numbers. But he gets the Raiders on, I think it's Sunday night this uh, coming up week, and he always seems to have at least 303 against them. And I expect it to be that way again. Mahomes gets back into that 30, 35-point uh, scoring uh, spot. Uh, so Mahomes is my hope this week for you. Uh, another uh, One of the reasons why you beat Gooch 
uh, and you start to get uh, you start to like Mahomes again and not hate him as much uh, after this performance in week 10. And my dope, uh, I'm going to I'm going after a player uh, that has been good uh, to all of our chagrin, I believe. And that is Cordero Patterson. Uh, just I don't at this point, he's been great ever since week two. So, but uh, Dallas is going to shut him down. They're going to figure out a way to not let him beat no Ridley. They shut down Patterson uh, with that way that defense is playing uh, bar, except for last week. I think they're going to key in on Cordero and they're going to turn him into a dope this week. Again, a reason why I believe Ernie gets the win against Wade and the reason why I believe Wade starts to tumble because he's been playing with house money with Cordero and maybe even a little bit with, uh, the Booker been playing pretty decent, but this week the dope is Cordero Patterson. He does not play well, and Wade gets second loss in a row. And that's it. Well, I love that hope call of Patrick Mahomes, and I'm sticking with my team because my hope is Russell Gage. And this is only because he's my pivot option off of Julio. Now, will I do it? I don't know. I don't know if I'm brave enough. Russell Gage has had two zero-catch games this year, but he's back involved, uh, at least looking at last week. Still no Calvin Ridley, so they're going to need to have targets go somewhere. And we we tried to you know hit this well last week. It wasn't that successful, but Falcons are playing the Cowboys, so I expect it to be fairly high-scoring. Hopefully, it just gives a floor of, like, five catches for Russell Gage. And that's, that's what I'm looking for as a hope. Yeah. I don't think you can expect much, but if you get that kind of weird five for 40, 50, something like that, I think you'll be happy. And that kind of plays along with my dope. If Cordero dopes and Pitts kind of dope, like the Cowboys key up on these guys, then Russell Gage is going to be just a benefactor of over the middle, move the chains type of a player. And it's going to be a lot better than Julio. We'll see if I have the chutzpah to do it, though. That is a hard call to make. Like, anybody in any world say, I'm playing Russell Gage over Julio Jones. It's just like, what? But that's the world we live in now. And then my dope, we're sticking in this matchup. And uh, I've pulled this move earlier this year, but I'm going to do it again. It's going to be my on my opponent's team, and it's going to be either Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk, whoever Jalen Ramsey gets on Monday night. Nice. That's good. Yeah, he's going to. Uh, One of them has the dope out. Yeah. Agreed. I'm with you on that one. Well, that's our hopes and dopes for week 10. Sneak, let's get into America's favorite segment. Scum and Sneak at the Thursday night game wrong. But do we pick the winners? I think we do. <laughs> this one we talked about a lot already. Um, Ravens versus the Dolphins. Thursday night, we will be at payments for this one. The entire league basically will be watching this game together, and it's just not the funnest of games yeah, are, watching together. Are we have any, any like drama in this one at all? Oh man, any drama? Uh, no, I think it's going to be a weird game, but I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say that the Dolphins win. Okay. Thursday trap game coming off the overtime, what have you? Uh, Dolphins win. Uh, Dolphins win 27 19. (laughs) 
I don't think I can go out and be that bold, but the Dolphins have been feisty all year. I know they're not like great, but especially in games when they're supposed to get blown out, they, they put up a fight. So I'm going to say the Ravens win in kind of a high scoring game. Maybe even Lamar has to have another one of his comebacks in the fourth quarter, but we're going to say they win 30. Yeah. 30 to 27 Ravens win. I love it. Yeah, the whole crew will be watching this one uh, closely together. Uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be some trades going on. Let's hope there's going to be some trades going on. Heyman's is notorious for big trades or just trades in general. So, And, hey, uh, if you're listening, you know who I'm talking to. Let's do that trade. Come on. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Love you, mysterious trade partner. Love you, Sneak. Love you all. Uh, let's have a fun week 10. Yes, love to all, love to Scum, love to the Scum and Sneak Show and all of our loyal listeners, fans, uh, and friends out there. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Sorry, back from the diaper change. I think we're okay. Maybe not. Oh boy. <laughs>